technique or another one of your guys' contractors you work with brings um, a customer that they know like possibly has damage mm -hmm. kind of what, what's the process from like the real early stage beginning of um, for, for as a customer like what do I need to do what should I expect yeah good question I mean I, I think uh, I think what we do at Premier is sometimes you know not understood very well so um, I think if you're able to to make it pretty clear to the customer what we do and how we can help it, it becomes a pretty good a pretty good path to take and um, the way I explain it is you know we become your adjuster just like the insurance company has an adjuster you need one that represents you in your situation because you know the insurance company you know they advertise nice things and have cute little sayings and they're going to be on your side but at the end of the day they're a for-profit organization so one of the main ways they make money is you know you know cutting corners and denying claims they're not paying them what they should be so often we get involved and um you know, it's a pretty easy process after we get involved, but it's kind of explaining that to the customer on why we should be involved. And um, the way I explain it is pretty simply just, you know, we're an extension of the contracting team. We want to get we want to get your roof back to the condition it was before the storm event took place. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, almost like it was or halfway there, like the insurance companies like to do sometimes, but completely back to, you know, pre-loss condition so um that's where we work with you and, ex and you know have that conversation with the with the insured and make sure that they understand what's going on and what the process will look like and um you know we can get into that process here in a minute i'm sure but uh, that's what i like to do just kind of sit everything make sure they understand who we are um how we help and they understand why we're getting involved to help them because i think if you can answer some of those questions up front that makes the whole process seem a lot easier so and what what are some of like the common, you know, things you hear from customers? Because like obviously this really isn't a um, very well known thing that's available to companies and commercial building owners. Um, so like, what's something you hear a lot of, and uh, that somebody might have a question on right now that might be in that they might be there right now that has the same question? Yeah, I think you know one of the things we get often is you know is that I thought this would be covered under warranty or. Um, am I still under warranty? Um, I'm sure you guys hear that too, but, yeah. uh, one of the things obviously when, when there's hail damage or wind damage involved to a building, it doesn't make a difference whether you're in warranty or not. So, um, I know some of the contractors that we've worked with in the past have, you know, taken a list of their out of warranty work to see if any of those locations have been impacted by a storm, because it's a pretty good story when you come back to the insured and say, look, I think, you know. You might have some damage on your roof from the hail or wind or whatever took place. You know, we just had some tornadoes hit Iowa here on, over the weekend um, and then snow within 24 hours later. So, you know, a lot of these roofs haven't even been inspected yet. I'm the customer. I, uh, you know, you've reached out. You explained who you are to me. I know your premier claims. I know uh, the contractor, um, you know, either Technique Roofing or someone else you guys work with. I Like, I know them. I, I get that. And. So I sign up, uh, sign a contract with you guys. So from there, like, what should I expect to have to do to make, do I have to do anything yep. or like, what, what does that entail? Yeah, good question. So as the insured, whoever owns the building, you know, I'm not, I always like to ask them if they've ever been a part of a, of a claim process before. Some people have, some people haven't. Most of the time, if they have, um, you know, 
they'll tell you it probably went one of two ways, either extremely great or extremely poor. More often the latter than the first, but um, we just kind of get them familiar with that and then say, you know, we're going to be handling your claim from this point on. Um, at no time do you need to talk to your carrier. You know, we've got uh, representation for you that we'll be communicating with them on all things claim related. So as the owner of the building, honestly, it's kind of nice because you can just sit back and, and let us do the work for you. That's why we charge a fee if we're successful in doing it. Typically, you know, on commercial buildings, our fees is about 10%. Um, so at the end of the day, I always just tell the owner, if, if we're successful in an example where there's a $100,000 roof involved, you know, technique will have to agree to do the work for 90000 because our fee will be about 10000 in an example. So, um, you know, we get the owner on board with that scenario, make sure they understand how we're going to be representing them. One of the things that I always have to mention um, in the claim process is it's never never overnight, right? So you've got to got to allow us time to, to work and, and get in touch with the carrier. There's certain rules and regulations that we've got to follow as far as how much they communicate with us. Um, you know, insurance companies are never quick to, to give away money. So one of yeah. the things that we've got to make sure and do is inform people of that up front and let them know that that's a tactic that they use to make them frustrated. Um, so just understand we don't, you know, we're not trying to slow down the process of your money for sure. We're trying to make it go as quickly as possible, but, you know, they don't like to just hand out checks either. So yeah, so that's, that's a good point to make. And in the meantime, like, you know, my, my roof has damage. I'm a building yeah. owner. Like, what, what can I expect to happen? Yeah, work that? with, you know, obviously technique um, to make sure that the, the repairs are done for any, you know, um, mitigation that needs to be done to, to protect the, you know, interior product of whatever building we're talking about. So mm -hmm. um, that will be included in the claim process. But. Yeah, any emergency repair work that needs to be done needs to be taken care of because that is part of the insured responsibility. So make sure you guys do that work. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I guess what I see sometimes is in a lot of people, at, like, they don't know that, like, insurance, like, this is why they have insurance right. for events like this, and but they know their insurance guy or, you know, he's in the local chamber with them all the time, their right. buddies. And they just they have a yeah, reservation in, about it. It's, it's being in the Midwest. I think it's too nice, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, everybody. You know, um, my my agent is one of my friends that that I you know socially hang out with. But when it comes to the claim process, the agent has zero to do with the claim. And I think people have a hard time, you know, keeping those keeping those things separate because they've got a relationship with their agent. But at the same time, they also pay, you know thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in premium to protect these, you know, commercial buildings they insure. Um, you know, the agent's relationship and and the claim process are two completely separate things. Your your agent has nothing to do with the claim. Um and I think some people sometimes get a little worried that their insurance company might drop them or, you know, they might have a, a problem with getting insurance coverage after a storm. Just remember um, you know, they're not allowed to drop you for an act of God. So hail, wind, something like that. You know, insurance companies are not supposed to be able to do that. Um, if they were in a situation where they were dropped or, um, you know, couldn't find coverage, we work with a couple different, you know, insurance companies that are, um, you know, that have licenses all across the United States with different carriers where we would be able to refer them out to, 
you know, there's always a different insurance policy out there that you could buy. So yeah, definitely. What should I expect after that phone call I get from Premier? That's hey, it's approved. Yeah, as the owner of the building. Yeah, as the owner of the building. Yeah, as the owner of the building. So now we know that we've got coverage coming, right? Um, they're going to pay out your claim typically in in two stages. They'll pay out, you know, we'll call it seventy percent of the claim right now, and then they'll pay out thirty percent the rest of the claim after the work has been completed. So as the owner of the building, what we need to do is get in touch with, you know, technique if the contractor is going to be technique to let them know so they can start planning the process. You know, we've got to provide everybody with as much lead time as possible now because of the delays that COVID had. Um, you know, there's a lot of roofing delays with that involved. So make sure we're involved with technique in that scenario. Make sure they've got enough lead time to plan for this project. Um, and as part of, you know, our team at Premier, we've got a customer service team that will be informing the owner, the insured, um, you know, of each step as it goes along. So um, they would get a phone call from them at the time to let them know that everything's been approved and that we're working with technique to make sure the job gets scheduled and lined up. So, okay. And then, so, so now, you know, the job gets scheduled, um, technique or another contractor you guys work with comes, they do a good job get the roof done um so we're at you know we're in that stage so i got my roof done but like only 70 percent you know has been paid to me or to the to the to the premier and to the contractor so how long does that take to that process to finish the whole claim off yeah as soon as as soon as the the contractor is done with the with the job we'll ask for a full and final invoice from them and provide that to the carrier and once the carrier signs off on that the depreciation is released usually that's within you know uh depending on whenever we get the full and final back from the insured we send that to the carrier you know that's typically a two-week process so um it's that the rest of that money is usually done within 60 days of you know being complete so if I have an older building and, and, you know, now there's a code change. So there's like a, there's an upgrade that now the building department wants me to have like an overflow, for example, is there some coverages that would cover like a code upgrade? Yeah. Good question. It, and it's different for every single policy. So one of the first, one of the only two things we need upfront to start a claim is um, photos of the, the damage and then the owner's, you know, insurance policy. And when we ask for that up front, we're looking for things like, like you're talking about. Um, we look at things like if the if the policy's RCV or if it's ACV, if there's uh, you know uh, co-deductible, if there is you know any uh, co-insurance issues that we're going to look at. Was the building in, insured correctly? All of these separate things are things that insurance companies have in place in policies to not pay a claim essentially but um that's why we look at the the policy right up front um and review it to let you know what the situation may be um you know you'll find policies that that range all over the board but typically in in ohio um you've got a, a two-year window to file a claim after a storm so just remember that and then um i think uh one of the other things to look at is make sure that um, we look at the policy before we get involved in, uh, you know, the next steps of communication because it could have a policy that, you know, has an exclusion on the roof or 
some sort of endorsement that doesn't cover a certain part of the building or whatever, but it's a very important part of the process. And it's actually something that we've done for a few of the different groups that we work with um, on the investor side is we'll actually help them with the policies that they sign up for to make sure they don't have anything in their policies language wise that's going to prevent them from you know proper coverage if you know a hail or windstorm hit their property so yeah i mean that's definitely an important step is just identifying if you're even covered for events like this exactly so and you know that's something that we can usually turn around within you know two days i would say in our office is is normal time for that so you know after the everything's said and done my roof's replaced you know i got the depreciation all that is there anything else like as a building owner or the insured that I should expect to have to do or follow up with. No, you just got to send me cookies on my birthday. Cookies. <laughs> um, every February. No, at, you know, at that point, after you've gotten the depreciation, um, hopefully the, the contractor um, has done a good job and you guys are all squared away. And, you know, I believe the, the new, you know, the roof should be in good shape for a few more years. And at that point, we just got to ask for, you know, more people that they know about that have roof damage so we can help them too. But yeah, as, as far as the owner goes, it's really a, a process where they're not, you know, two hands on and uh, we're working behind the scenes to do a lot of work in our office, you know? So um, ideally it would be a situation where I don't have to think about it as the owner. And I know I've got the, the team premier handling it for me. So yeah, let's dive into that a little bit because I think, it's important to to know the other side. If like you don't say you don't sign up with a public adjuster or premier claims and a contractor that you guys might work with or us, I mean, what does that, I mean, obviously there's a need for something like this. So what is the other side of the process? Like how does, yeah, the other side, I mean, you're, you know, I'll just be flat out honest. Your other options are you can hire an attorney, um, which is going to require, you know, some sort of down payment, or, or an hourly fee that's very probably similar to, you know, what we're doing. Again, we usually charge about 10%. Attorneys typically charge 30%. Um, so that's always an option. Or, you know, they can file the claim and work the claim on their behalf. Um, again, as a registered, you know, public adjuster, there's certain rules that the state insurance commissioner has to follow because we have a license and, you know, most contractors do not. The insurance company doesn't have to answer you as the contractor or as the insured because you don't have a license to talk to them about, you know, public adjusting like we do. So um, it's a big part of it. Um, you would kind of be, you know, out there fighting the fight on your own. It would be like, you know, similar to, I guess, would you perform surgery on yourself if you were a, <laughs> if you needed surgery and couldn't afford it? You know, I, I sure wouldn't, but you never know. Is there any st- like statistics on anything that comes to your mind of like, like you know what happens if you don't use a public adjuster versus if you do? Just like, I mean, I've seen some before. I just can't think of anything. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think our, our average increase of claim that we that we say, and I'm not exactly sure if that's a current number, but it's around a seven seven hundred percent increase than we get when we're involved compared. Um, if we're not involved, which is amazing number, right? But the reason it's huge is because that money's used to make sure that 
the projects done correctly exactly. and not, not half-assed or done incorrectly exactly. just of it because there's not the money to do it right. Yeah, I mean, you know, the situation uh, very that we just finished with, uh, a small little bar owner was involved. He had, you know, a roof that was uh, around $100,000, and the carrier had agreed to give him, like, sixty. Um, We got involved. Um, we got, you know, very good photos of the damage. We went back to him and said, you know, how how is this at sixty thousand when the going rate is actually one ten? And they actually came back and agreed and paid one twelve. You know, and these guys had a quote that was, you know, right in that range, and they were able to do it. So, you know, why didn't they do that the first time? Who knows, right? But after we got involved, we were able to help them out, and they got you know a lot closer to paying for that roof. So, um, you know, in the storm. I don't know if you remember the derecho storm that hit the state of Iowa. Yeah, the windstorm. The windstorm. Um, that was pretty devastating for a few of the, you know, Cedar Rapids was almost essentially completely wiped out. And we got involved in a few claims there where the initial payments were, you know, ten to twenty thousand dollars and that ended in the several million dollar range on different warehouses and things like that. So carriers were obviously, you know, trying to get away with murder in my opinion coming in, offering low ball, but a lot of people don't understand that they have other options either. So, you know, once they, once they take some of that money from the insurance company and just think that, well, I guess this is what we have to live with. Um, they don't understand that there's another option. So I feel bad in those scenarios where they get, you know, not, not enough coverage that they, they should have been because they just didn't know who we were. And, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely not a well-known thing. I know it's less than 1% of all claims that come in that have a public adjuster on them. And if you look at the, the spending and, you know, ad revenue, marketing revenue for, you know, State Farm and Travelers, it's, and the, you know, Allstate. You know, look at all the commercials that we see nonstop on all the sporting events that we see on TV. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, you're, and, you're, you're in good hands. Right. Like a in, good neighbor. And like it. In our industry, you know, we kind of laugh about it, but some of the worst names to see on policies are State Farm, Allstate, because they're so slow on moving. You know, State Farm got on the local news in Des Moines um, in this past summer because of the their poor ability to pay claims. You know, so many people were frustrated with State Farm and, and that market. So it's interesting. You know, we're on the other side of the coin, and um, I think, you know, some people think it might be too good of a, too good of a deal to be true sometimes um but it's you know we're able to um prove that the you know the damage is there show that the carrier that there's need to be a coverage decision in place and and really help a lot of people out so yeah yeah because they're 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 paying for the coverage i mean exactly it's It's something that you're paying for yeah Yeah. usually a, a very stiff premium yeah i mean just look at the big buildings when you go into the big cities their their banks and insurance companies. So yeah, and the stadiums. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's there's for a reason for yeah. that. I don't know anything else you want to touch on. You you think about uh, before before we were involved here. Did you guys did you guys do a lot of storm damage? Did you focus on it or? It's not like we're chasing storm damage. Right. Most of what we've worked with are people we know right. that are current customers. That a storm just happened to happen to them. Right. And we've known them and worked with them for years and years and years. So it, it's, so no is the answer. Right. But, and, and, it, and it was a disservice, I think, to like our customer base. 
and and luckily the big storm that had happened when we started working together um like we did start working together because we got to really take care of our customers yeah no that's good to hear i mean i know it's uh you know the keys to this this kingdom are what you guys have here you know you've got the relationships over with 30 years worth of customers which is i mean that's that's what makes this thing go for sure but um yeah i'm i'm glad to hear that it made an impact and we know that uh it's definitely more of a focus for us too to make sure we're more proactive so yeah definitely because the uh even know your your buddy the insurance agent is your buddy he's not knocking on your door and letting you know like hey there was a potential big hailstorm or did you have any damage from that windstorm he's not not asking no they're not asking that's for sure (laughs) No, it's been great, and I'm glad it's uh, worked out well on your end, too. But, you know, we're anxious to, you know, I guess get the word out there a little bit more on what we do and how we can help um, when there is damage involved. So, yeah, thanks for helping us do that. That's for sure. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Trent. All right. Thanks, Ben.